Hi, my name is Good Universe V, and I play Vance on Zodiac Task Force, and you're listening to Raving Lunatic Media. Oh, yeah, Tropic says hi, too. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi Malady. Got out. Alright, Rage, I probably know the answer, but what are we reviewing today? Bet you don't know. I'm actually psyched for today. I just saw the movie Oppenheimer, so I figure that's what we're reviewing. Okay, I mean, did you see Bobby too then? <laughs> no, I didn't cave to the Barbieheimer trend, but, you know, maybe I will later. But anyway, for this movie... It was awesome. I mean, sure, sometimes the volume was a bit too loud like a Nolan movie, but you get once you get past that, there's nothing but good. I mean, the way he transitions between black and white and color to show different phases of his life, uh, the way the character, the actors just do a great job, the way they show both the good and bad of him. I mean, and you also get to really feel how bad it must have been for him, for Oppenheimer, when he was getting grilled by the House on American Rage, activity Rage, for previous... Rage, hold on, Rage, Rage. Yeah, what's up? I, I gotta stop you. We're not reviewing Oppenheimer, man. What? Why not? I mean, what? Because it's not sci-fi, technically? We still have one more Jurassic World movie to watch. What? what? I thought we were done! No! I know, I know. But you started this. Yeah, he's got a point. It's coming back to bite you, man. Oh, fine. Let's just get this over with then. Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 299, Jurassic World, Dominion. Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! Nobody cares. Nice hat. Welcome back, sickies, for the final Jurassic World review. And I'm going to be honest with you, this is... One of the worst movies I've ever seen. It um, sucks. Rage Master, what's left for them to do? Never see this movie again, sickies. Um, I mean, really, it just... There is... I, I think I would say the effects are good, but I don't know. Because when I was watching this, I was actually debating whether or not I should be doing work. Like, I was sitting here thinking, you could be doing boring paperwork right now. Why don't you do boring paperwork right now? That's what was happening. I was having trouble focusing because I was so bored with how bad this was. I mean, really, this got me thinking. In, uh, there's a YouTube channel I watch called Accented Cinema. Check him out, by the way. And he does a lot of movies, but he covers mostly Asian films. He's a Canadian, Chinese-Canadian guy. And he said that he did a video about why Fast and the Furious is so popular, particularly in China. And what he said was that in China, much like in the U.S., people are working so much, especially in an office, and multitasking and being called to odd hours of the night and overworking that when they finally get to a chance to have some form of entertainment they want it to be brainless the only thing after his this guy interviewed all his friends who saw fast ff9 and he asked them 
what did you like about it? And all of them, to a T, said Jason Momoa looked hot. That was all they could remember. And it reminds me of the Transformers movies. I dare you to remember what those are about. You might remember a scene or Ooh, two. I know. Robots. Oh, In yeah, disguise. that's it. That's all you got. You remember a few hot moments and that's it. And that's on purpose that these movies are designed to be consumed without thought. I mean, it is empty calorie entertainment. And I believe that's what these Jurassic World movies are. Have you? Because they made money. They Absolutely, did. they made money. Because people just wanted empty calorie entertainment. And that's precisely what this is. Have you heard of the 996? Yeah, Jack Ma's 996. Exactly. Yep. Nine to nine, six days a week. That's what he wants because he's a lunatic that thinks and, everyone yep. needs to enrich him. Yep, and it's not just Jack Ma. It's it's pretty oh, yeah. common in China for to if yeah. you're in a, in an office setting that it's a nine nine six. But it's and, but stuffs like that has happened here as well, depending on your company and all. But yeah, if you work for an investment banker in in New York or a high powered law firm, you're gonna be putting hours like that. But for the most part, our <clears throat> office workers are not working 996s. But particularly, if you're doing that, you can only stay focused on a stupid movie that you honestly don't have to remember a thing about because you're not gonna. You're They've just not gonna. There's been worker efficiency studies that find after <clears throat> six and a half hours, the what you do falls off the table. Um, well, yeah, we're not we're not going to get into yeah, that. But, but yeah, Jack no, Ma's an idiot sense. who's if after Jack six Ma's hours, an, yeah, Jack Ma's an idiot who's going to find out that all that work he's putting them through is getting him very little in return. Yeah, but, but I guess a lot he feels of, a lot good. of uh, United States companies won't authorize more than two hours of overtime a day because you're getting in that last hour of overtime a day that someone's taking, you might be getting what they would do in ten minutes at the beginning of the day. Because that's that is how much of the parabolic fall off it is. So it makes perfect sense that if you're working a nine nine six type of lifestyle, you don't want to go for your post work entertainment and have to think. Yeah, about you're what's not on the screen. You're not going to go see Inception because that involves Inception or Tenet because that involves you having to sit down and go, huh? I need to pay attention and know what's going on. Whereas this kind of movie, Dominion. Um, no, actually, the less you pay attention, the better. If you yeah. start paying attention for just a moment, you're going to be thinking, you're going to think to yourself, I want my money back. This movie just lacks some of the charm that Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom kind of had. It lacks some of the the feel-good survival romp that was going on here. Everything in this film seems contrived. Nothing in this film really makes a lot of sense. And the simple joys that you could get in a Jurassic Park uh, film setting just aren't here in this one. This is just something that... I don't know. No, nothing here makes sense. No. No. N none of it. And in fact, just to demonstrate that, let me quickly go over the plot it's been four years since the last movie and we find out that dinosaurs are now freely roaming the earth even in areas which should technically kill them also like there's a lot of places. them now apparently yeah so apparently they're all reproducing asexually i don't know it doesn't matter and uh 
Biosyngenetics, run by Dodgson, or I'm sorry, Tim, Tim Cook, rather. You'd be forgiven for getting the two mixed up. Remember Dodgson? You know, from part one, the guy who gave Dennis Nedry the shaving cream can? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. The side guy. He's now the head of the company. Anyway. So, uh, he's basically, he made a dinosaur preserve in Italy to conduct genomic research for pharmacological reasons, I guess. Meanwhile, we have Claire Heels and two other people that we can't be bothered to care about. What's Franklin Screamer and what's the other one? Who cares? Who are going around trying to rescue dinosaurs who are being bred for the black market. Yep, we're still doing that one. And we also see Owen, or I should say Star-Lord, literally wrangling dinosaurs with a horse. Yep, you heard me. He's playing cowboy with dinosaurs. That would be a good idea if I were six-year-old Rage Master. <clears throat> and we find out that Claire and Owen are raising Maisie. Remember her, the four who's now 14, but she was a little girl who was the clone of uh, What's-His-Bucket's daughter that Charlotte died in a car crash, Charlotte Lockwood. See, her names aren't even worth knowing. But, but she And uh, she's now the key to everything. She let the dinosaurs out, and she's the key to everything. Literally everything because the movie says so. And uh, she winds up one day running into, uh, oh yeah, she complains, I want to get out. And she runs into Blue because the Raptor Blue always somehow finds Owen. Because psychic? I don't it's know. It's imprinted on him. <clears throat> it's a yeah. voodoo Raptor. That's right. So uh, then some mercenaries show up to kidnap Blue and Maisie. And Maisie's named Blue, ba the new Blue, Beta. Because... God, this is such a stupid movie. Anyway, uh, and they're both kidnapped. So Owen and um, Claire decide we're going to go rescue her. Meanwhile, we see a bunch of giant mutated locusts eating the crops in the world. And Dr. Ellie Settler, remember her from part one? She gets Alan Grant and they're going to go find out what's going on. And they're doing it for Dr. Ian Malcolm, who works for Biosyn. And they're all going to team up in a gang style, in a Scooby-Doo style adventure to find out what's Biosyn doing with these locusts. And, um, yeah, so they want, meanwhile... Claire goes to Malta. Claire and Owen go to Malta where they find a black market dinosaur place. French Foreign Special Services breaks it open. They get away and they run into, uh, what's her name? That uh, cargo smuggler pilot with the heart of gold. Kayla, I think. Kayla. Yeah, that's it. Kayla, you're right. I remember now. <clears throat> and she decides, yeah, I'll take you to Biosyn so you can get Maisie back. Um, at the same time, we learn that Biosyn is going, is making these locusts so that they could consume the world's grain supply because the only grain that the locusts don't eat is the Biosyn variety. So they're going to corner the market and they're trying and Dr. Henry Wu, you know, the guy that keeps showing up in this movie because no one else hires him, I guess. Uh, he, uh, says this will cause ecological devastation if it's unchecked. And uh, he wants Maisie because apparently by unlocking the genetic code in Maisie and Beta, he can create a 
what is it? Uh, uh, a resistance strain against the locusts. Oh, yeah, and we also find out that Maisie's actually, in a very messed up way, not a clone of her mom, but a baby. So, um, Benjamin Lockwood's daughter gave birth to herself, kind of? Immaculately? Yeah, also, it is a clone because it's exact DNA, so... It is, but she gave birth to her, so it's kind of weird. You know what? Again, stop thinking. Moving on. Let's just borrow a term from Dune. Abomination. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to do it. And so, uh, basically, while they're on their Claire and them are on their way, they get attacked by a dinosaur. But don't worry, Kayla's got an ejection seat in the back of the plane, where it helps the most. And they decide to put Claire in there, because Claire. And she gets ejected into the jungle. And the plane crashes. And to quote Pitch Meeting... The guy, Ryan from Pitch Meeting, as for the survivability of Owen and Kayla, that's going to be super easy, barely an inconvenience. They're going to walk away from that crash without a problem, and they're eventually going to find Claire after she escapes from a jungle jungle full of dinosaurs. Yay! And they eventually go back, they find the Biosyn base, and they run into Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler, and they all try to burn away the, the locusts and... Uh, this is where I really stopped paying too much attention, but I know what happened, basically. Dodgson tries to incinerate the locust because he's trying to cover his butt uh, and destroy the evidence. Some get through, and he's trying to get into the wildlife preserve. Dodgson tries to escape, but is killed by, uh, Dilaphosaurus. Just like Dennis Nedry. Oh, 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 aren't we clever? Oh, oh, oh. that happened in part one. Uh, my name's Colin Trevorrow. Um, I, so and you did, res- I, I can't tell if you liked that idea or didn't. That was a good idea. Okay. Where did these brilliant writers go? Um... The group works together and they get out and them and Wu escape in a Biosyn helicopter while a Gigantosaurus, yes, that's its name, and the park's first Tyrannosaurus get into a fight with and they're helped by a Therizinor. Who cares? And then it ends with basically the locusts getting stopped because thanks to Beta and Maisie, they manage to make a strain that keeps the locusts at bay, and all the dinosaurs and humans learn to live together, while the UN declares Biosyn Valley an international dinosaur sanctuary. Aww. Do we want to give Colin Trevorrow any credit for naming the big evil corporation Biosyn? Because their biological engineering and tampering is a sin. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I'm going to label. I'm just going to blame him for everything here. Okay. Um, I, I just wanted to because if he was that, if we're giving him credit for being that, and I, I would say... He's the writer! I would say smart, but it's on the nose. Did he do it on purpose, or did he accidentally <laughs> name it Biosyn and it just Oh, works? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. That I don't know. I don't know if he's clever enough for that. As I said in the last episode... Well, considering how the bad guy is written in this one... I don't think so. It, do yeah. you think that he intentionally cast 
Dodgson to look like Tim Cook? I don't know. That's another interesting observation someone made to me once, and I don't know, but it's 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 worth mentioning. It might be an accident, but then again, maybe it isn't. But I don't know. I, you know, like I said, people tend to. Th- there is this, the Colin Trevorrow version of Episode Nine, which everyone swears is better. I haven't read the script, but after seeing these movies, I guarantee you. No, it probably isn't that much better. If it is better, it's only smidge better. So, no. <clears throat> but that brings us, because that's that's a fun fact, Colin Trevorrow wrote and directed this, and he revealed that this film is actually going to have more animatronics than its predecessors. As he put it, we've actually gone more practical with every Jurassic movie we've made since the first one, and we've made more animatronics in this one than we have in the previous two. Yeah, too bad no one notices or cares. Um, also, we find out that um, Laura Dern, who plays... Uh, Ellie Sattler said, if you guys make a last movie, she says some interview in March 2017, if you guys do one last movie, you gotta let Ellie Sattler come back. She's always the one who's saving the day, man. Really? Because in part one, I don't think any one person saved the day. Um, That's how much you know. I guess so, because uh, I know she turned the power back on after that hunter sacrificed his life so she could get there, but I guess uh, because he died, he doesn't count. I mean, did the did the day get saved? Uh, yeah, I know it's. But then again, this is the same woman who played uh, what's her name, uh, Vice Admiral Rear Admiral Giraffe. Uh, no, what was Holdo? Holdo, that's it. Yeah. So there you go. That's probably where her head's at. I just. Um, uh... No, no, everything for the world might have turned out better if everybody died in Jurassic Park in the first movie and nobody got out. Yeah. She yeah. might have been better off. You think? <laughs> Duh. Jeff, yep, Jeff Goldblum is back in this movie, and uh, I guess he was said he was happy as a Klamasaurus to be reunited with his brilliant co-stars from the original Jurassic Park. Um... I'm going to guess that everybody from the original movie who came here, Sam Neill looks like he's, I mean, he kind of looks in the whole movie like he can't believe he's still doing this, you know, but the money was good. So what the heck? I'm not doing anything else. More impressively, and they they make a joke about this in the movie, Sam Neill hasn't aged. <laughs> doesn't look like he's aged in yeah, 30 he doesn't. years. He looks a little older, but that's it. Not much. Oh yeah, him and Ellie Sattler get back together, but who cares? That's it for the that's it for the plot and the fun facts because Oh, I got one. Oh, you got a fun fact? Okay. Oh yeah. All right, this let's hear. This movie This movie began life as three separate scripts. One was rejected for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. One was rejected for Die Hard 6, and one was rejected for Taken 3. And they didn't or Taken 4, and they didn't know what to do with the scripts, so they combined them all into one and said, "What if we had Dinosaurs, Jeff Goldblum as Jeff Goldblum, and Owen Grady. That's not what happened, but but you, you can imagine believe it. I'm you can yeah. really imagine it. it. The problem is that's believable. Exactly. I was about to say, wow, this is making sense now. <laughs> but no, I mean, really, 
Uh, I think most of this movie is just a lot of rips. I, As I said, there might be a pick in here in so much as that the effects might have been good, but I couldn't be bothered to notice. But I did notice things like, okay, so Smuggler with a Heart of Gold has a... Um, oh, okay, wait. Before I do my rip, let's do a pick. They did not go into the militarization of the dinosaurs anymore. They gave up that stupid arc. At least they at least they figured out or someone told them, give it up, this is dumb, moving on. But getting to the rip. So she's got an ejection seat. Didn't know an ejection seat in that plane that looks like it's held together by gum tape and a prayer is gonna that, that plane would have it, but okay, it has well, one. Also it's um, a prop driven aircraft that also has a few other problems like there is no actual way of ejecting someone through the ceiling bingo exactly so um most usually like on a jet fighter with an an ejection seat the hatch blows off first and if it doesn't you die see top gun with goose um but if it blows away, then you're able to shoot on out. Um, but here's the other thing. Okay, so you eject... You First of all, if you need to use the ejection seat, you have to get out of the pilot seat and run to that in the back, thus defeating the purpose of having an ejection seat because an ejection seat is usually use it right now because I'm sitting here. Second problem with this, though, is... Um, so you have no parachutes but you have an ejection seat usually ejection seats come with parachutes because the pilot is not going to slam down on the ground with the seat doing so tends to kill people well it had a parachute just it got torn up by the dinosaurs oh yeah right my mistake and what's interesting is she had a tracker on it but of course when they went to find her using said tracker it didn't occur to them that does she know there's a tracker on it and is she gonna wait around i mean for the military that might make sense depending on the situation but does she know there's a gps on there oh yeah and i gotta love the way the dino the reason the dinosaur attacks it's because biosyn turns off their anti-dinosaur noise maker machine <laughs> that keeps the dinosaurs away i mean wait you're a dinosaur preserve park so you keep the pterodactyls down with a dinosaur radio thing and to get the, the pilot out of there you're gonna turn it off i mean yeah you're right can't you surface to air missiles that would never work well you gotta try to pretend to be the good guys I guess so. You know, one of the terms that I like to use is idiot premise. This film has so many idiot premises that, um, and I know that's not a real word, I can't even begin to count them. First off, there weren't even, I'm not certain there was two of a kind of every dinosaur that busted out of that uh, camp at the auction in Fallen Kingdom. But they were all kind of asexual, just like Blue. They just forgot to yeah. mention that in the movie. Asexual or not, they're not going to breed to the level that the dinosaurs are everywhere in four years. Not happening. Well, plus, well, plus, like, you brought this up. 
the brontosaurus in the winter area it's like how is that dinosaur still alive right or even blue yeah i mean it it makes they would not go north they just wouldn't do it not when there's more temperate places to go but there's other idiotic things here uh wildlife or fish and wildlife or fishing game took three years to bring in the t-rex no 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 no, you fucks there's a t-rex rampaging around you kill it and then you clone a new one i can bring these things back from the dead at any time i want to at this point i know how i have the dna when someone in zanesville released all of his animals when he died because he hated the town they went out and they shot those things in a couple hours. And that was just a lion and a tiger and a bear. It's a oh T-Rex. It's not hiding. It's not hiding in the woods somewhere. It's not like Bigfoot. It's not going to open up a trans-dimensional portal and teleport away when you come near it. It's an 18-foot tall, three-ton T-Rex. You shoot the thing. You roll up on it with an Abrams tank and you shoot it a few times. And then there's a dead T-Rex. Well, again... That's it. This is back to the whole we have to save them thing, Will. Um, no! You have dinosaurs well, trampling across all sorts of territory, well, destroying all sorts of animals, and you're going to tell me that no one shoots them? Hey, there's well, hillbillies the- all over the place, and mm-hmm. none of them decided, hey, Free hunting season. Get me a dinosaur. Then we got... We oh, got oh you Goldblum. know what, too? Oh, we can also do this one. Hey, there's a food shortage. Well, there's a giant brontosaurus over there. Anyone want to have brontosaurus meat? Right. You know, um, so... And that's the thing, too. The premise of part one was these dinosaurs have been extinct for so long, we've just thrust them into this era. They don't know what to do. And now it's just, they're just carelessly throwing it in. They're like, oh, dinosaur, you're walking around the earth. You've dropped them in and completely disregarded the major issue brought up in part one. Good job, douchero. It's just, you, you have to get to the point where the world governments would just say that we're going to let dinosaurs wander around. We're going to let a friggin' Barontosaurus wander around. Yep, and destroy no. everything and consume all our food. Yeah. What were you saying to Jeff? I'm sorry, Scott. What were you saying about Jeff Goldblum? Uh, Jeff Goldblum, and, and this character is Jeff Goldblum, doing a parody of Jeff Goldblum. It is not Ian yep. Malcolm. I don't know what this character has become, but it ceased being Ian Malcolm. Well, um, remember from part from Fallen Kingdom, he literally said, uh, "I just they just typecast parts for Jeff Goldblum yeah. now. But he's not helping because he wasn't trying to find Ian Malcolm. He was just playing what he's become. He Um, knew he didn't have to try hard. No, no. But you've got the most idiotic thing I've ever heard maybe uttered in science fiction or maybe in my life. Human beings have no greater right to security and survival and safety than the dinosaurs. No, Dr. Malcolm. No, Colin Trevorrow. We have a far superior right to safety and security than the dinosaurs or any other animal out there. But if it comes he... down to the survival of cows or humans, I don't need two seconds to tell you who is more important. I don't need two-tenths of a second. The animals are not superior to us. The animals do not have a greater right to survival. 
If it means killing every single one of them for us to survive as a species and a race, then that happens. Because humanity created civilization and higher thought process and all the things that come with it when it's at its best. Yes, we brought all the things that are worse. But ultimately, no one else has come close. So yes, by that very accomplishment of sentience and sapience and art and music and history and love, we have the greater right to survival. Throw but this you know nonsense, what? stupid thing in, and then don't even discuss it because if you, it doesn't stand up to a half second of discussion. It was one of the dumbest, most insulting things I've ever heard uttered in a film. Well, it, it was also it contradictory veganism. of part two. It was contradictory of part two because at the beginning of part two, E. Malcolm says, we need to let the dinosaurs die. Oh, now all of a sudden they have a right to exist? Uh, what happened to Ian Malcolm who said they're a threat to us? We need to let them die. Uh, whoops. Yeah, they stopped writing that character a long yeah, time ago. For, forget, I, whoops, I'm Colin Trevorrow. I forget what I write. Dig! That's why I have lots of money. Peter Principal. I do have a pick. The line where Ramsey asks him, do you know how much voltage was running through the fence at the original Jurassic Park? And, and Sam Grant goes, or Alan Grant goes, yes, yes, I do. It's just absolutely a beautiful line and a beautiful piece of nostalgia throwback. There's okay, not a ton so, to it, but it's a great little callback to the original film. Okay, so it's the one light you found. Okay. Well, it's something. There was a... <laughs> Hey, yeah, I mean, what do you, you're finding your good thing. Mine was, hey, they gave up the stupid um, militarization of the dinosaurs thing. That's good. Yeah, that that is extremely stupid, as we've mentioned multiple times now. Why? <laughs> I, I I like Scott how you mentioned that Claire is about as good a mom as Casey Anthony. <laughs> maybe just, maybe not as bad, but you know, she's working her way. Yeah, that was a text I sent to them. She's the worst mom ever, with the exception of maybe Casey Anthony. Um, it, it, she is pretty bad, yeah. Maisie is going to leave. And Claire knows she can't leave. And she shakes her head to say, no, no, no. And Maisie goes, you can't stop me. You're not my mother. And Claire just kind of goes, well, yes, I can't. Nothing I can do to the 14-year-old to prevent her from going off on her bike. Yeah. Good job, Claire. Mm -hmm. You got her kidnapped. Yeah. That's on you. That's entirely on you. She's 14. As Mr. Spock once said, hold this woman down and sit on her if you have to. And you know, that goes back Parent. to something with, <laughs> with Maisie. Why is she still the focal crux of everything? How is it that just, oh, well, well your genetics are how we're going to stop these locusts from being so bad. How? Yeah, that's what I happens can't explain. When you, have, you have no character arc to tell anymore. What are you going to do with it's, Owen Grady? He's the raptor whisperer. All what are you going to do with Maisie? Every dinosaur whisperer. You, you had no, something with Owen. You didn't have anything with Maisie other than here she is, folks. But you have nothing left to tell. You can't tell this story between him and Blue a third time. You told it twice already. There's no third story to tell. There's no third story left to tell between him and um, Claire. Claire, no. They, they had their hate, liked each other, hated each other, fell in love, broke up, found their way back to each other. The arc is complete. Claire's arc is complete. Uh, career woman dedicated to her career, success, fell in love, found happiness, lost it, got it back, became a mother. 
the arc is complete. There is something there with the struggle between her and Maisie and the struggle between a daughter and a mother in the child's teenage years. You didn't but they that. don't you chose get into to. it. Yeah, they didn't explore. Yeah. It just was in... Well, this is... It was in all the other stuff you tried well, to this do. Is, no, no, there's no story left to tell about about um, Alan Grant. There's no story left to tell about Ellie Sattler. There's, there hasn't been a story left to tell about Ian Malcolm since Lost World. You keep bringing yeah. back characters that have no stories left to tell. So you made it about Maisie. But the problem with that is... Um, Nobody cares. Yeah, there's no story to tell about her either. This film, I think I texted you guys this. In the first act, this film is trying to tell you a story about... Um, Poaching, irresponsible science, repercussions of cloning, corporate greed, and human trafficking, all his messages to address the three plot lines, Blue, Maisie, and Grant and Sadler. You introduced all three of those in the first act, in a rushed, haphazard, terrible way. And I don't care if this movie was five hours. Don't enough time to tell all those stories. Don't enough time to get close to telling all of those stories. And in the meantime, you forgot the one thing you're supposed to do. Be a cool survival film about rampaging scary dinosaurs. Yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. Because again, it's very clear that at some point they just forgot what they were doing. Well, and they have characters that just show up and don't do anything. Remember when they're in Malta? Because they're trying to get a hold of an old contact trafficker. And and wasn't that played by the Mother of Dragons, I think? And she shows up. No, no. no. Oh, that was? Okay, I was confusing her. And then there's an attack from the French Special Forces. Dinosaurs get out, and she go bye-bye. Uh, we don't need French her anymore. Was that the French or was that the CIA? Uh, might have been the CIA with the, with, in conjunction with French with, Special Forces. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they're done. And she go bye-bye, and it don't matter anymore because we were using that as a vector for Owen running into Kaylee with the Heart of Gold to Kerkayla to fly them into Biosyn. Right. You introduced two villains that were slightly less, slightly more pointless than Darth Maul. And even Darth Maul had a point. He was hunting down Anakin. Yep. Okay. He, he introduced a time clock. Here's a... Yeah, here's another stupid thing, and here's another rip. Why is Tim Cook Dodson, Dodgson, making giant locusts infused with Cretaceous? Thank candy? you. How can this possibly make you money? How can this possibly help you? What in the world? Locusts is literally like the worst, one of the worst species that you want to control and eliminate. They do nothing but eat our crops and destroy our food supply. Oh, but Why that's would the you idea. Want to take something that's already harmless and make it a hundred times Well, not bigger? just that, but he, just hear me out. Your plot is to destroy the world's supply of food so you now control it. Sure, this can't backfire in a million ways. Two, they're going to figure this out extremely quickly and you don't think anyone's going to be like, hey, maybe the guys that you know, are in charge of holding all the dinosaurs might be doing something about this. Well, and go after And that's them. the thing. Okay, so... Oh, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Uh, how are you... How, what's your end game here? To make money? But you won't be a company if you get totally killed. Because... Right. And here's the well, thing. Well, and that's, and that's it, because Biosyn, big genome company, 
would have the ability to make these locusts and gee the only crops the locusts don't eat are the ones made by biosyn the big genome company i wonder what they're doing there and at least at least commit to your evil plan if you're going to be a supervillain at least be dr evil and, and commit to your dr evil like plan hey governments of the world i have released my super locust they will eat right. every single crop that is not planted with biosyn seed because we're going to find out and everybody dies unless you pay me the price that i say my seeds for these food crops and cereal crops are worth because as this um computer geek sitting in front of the cia dangerous species division said they're destroying our food and the food our food eats yeah you got them by the balls so you created this thing you set it loose you destroyed the world's food food supply realize that it's way too obvious what you're doing and set all the remaining locusts on fire no at this point just own it you've got a really good negotiating chip they pretty much have to roll over and give you what you want or send in the military but then you could play a dumb angle about how you have super dinosaurs that you can point laser things at and they'll attack you i guess since we've and already established that with you if someone ever figures out how to weaponize weaponize an insect hive our military is going to be pretty useless against it it's going to be pretty Fire. tough if somebody figures out how to let loose yeah you're not 25 trillion supersized cretaceous you're not locusts. wrong fire it, it, that is a nightmare fire problem with this though Here's the other problem with this. Biosyn didn't think this one through that far either because they're going to have to keep producing them and re-releasing them because these yeah. things are going to eat the food supply pretty quickly and there just yeah. isn't going to be enough left for them to eat within yep. a year or two. <laughs> it's just another idiot premise that you didn't think through. Make sure that your the weapon that you release makes sense. Make sure it could be a weapon. Make sure it could conceivably get you money. This isn't about getting money. This is about Biosyn ruling the world. This is a Dr. Evil, I rule the world now supervillain strategy. It's not about making money. Tim cooks a lot of things. But he's not trying to rule the world. He's trying to make a lot of money. Except he's not yeah. in this because obviously he's not. Because anyone with any sense would go, this is the stupidest idea ever. It is, for sure. It, it just, um, nothing in this film makes sense. For anything in this film to work, I mean, there's one thing about shutting my brain off. There's another thing about having to have a lobotomy. You get and this is coming, sickies, this is coming from the guy who likes Armageddon. Right. Air intakes on the space shuttle are passable. This, you nope. Nope, nope, nope. I can discuss. I can believe that only oil drillers can do the job over astronauts. But nope, you've stretched credulity with Dominion. You get a nature versus nurture argument in the first fifteen minutes in the movie when Maisie says, "I'm not real. I'm not me. I'm just her. I'm who she was." And then she says, "You're the only version of you that exists." There's a real nature versus nurture thing here that he's never picked up again for the remaining 17 hours and 42 minutes of this Atrosa movie. Atrosa movie? Wow, that's a good one. Like Atrosa Raptor. Atrososaurus. 
<laughs> it's it, this. That's what this movie could be called: Maisie and the Atrocosaurus. I honestly would have preferred if Henry Wu was creating a Hamasaurus Rex, which is crossbreeding John Hammond on a Tyrannosaurus, and it's got John Hammond's head on a Tyrannosaurus Rex's body, and then it gets shot up by Doom Guy. Well, again, this is the problem, and I'm just going to say this: there's a million holes in this plot. We could poke holes in this forever. All the live long. Day. Here's my biggest problem. It's a long film that feels like it's three separate. Fi- oh my! It's a very gosh. long film that feels like it's three separate films at least smashed together. Then with a massive dose of nostalgia thrown in, like, hey, remember these characters? You got you love these yeah. characters, so you gotta love this movie because you love these characters. And yeah. then it, it it's insulting. And then you keep getting this stupidity piling on pond stupidity on pond stupidity that at certain points my head hurt. But I was like, okay, maybe nope, maybe nope. And, and if you can't no, wrap your head around it. If there was something it. there, maybe. But the problem is, there's nothing of substance. Nothing. I I mean it when I say this. I'd rather watch part one because at least that oh, I got it. One, it made sense. You're talking Jurassic World, the it original made Jurassic sense. World, right? I'm talking about oh, Fallen okay. Kingdom or Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, Jurassic World. Excuse me, Jurassic yes, World. Yeah. Yes, it's part one movie. made sense. It yeah. was a bad. It was a dumb movie, but it made sense, and I could follow it. And the premise was fine. Yeah, there was this, also an idea that 20 years later we've forgotten how bad of an idea Jurassic Park was. Now, well, that's why I said the premise is okay. It's not yeah. well executed, but it's a good premise. Right, even this, within the movie, it's a good premise. Hey, it's been 20 years. We're smarter and better than these guys. Let's try this again. And, and Whereas hey. this is just... I mean... It, it's... There's nothing else to say. I, I say, unless someone's got one final thing they gotta say, I say we're ready to rate this thing. Yeah, let's rate this thing and get out of here. Because I'm just, it. I mean, Thomas, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, with is how long this is and how they just get nowhere. And you can't wrap your, no matter how much you try to forget or wrap your head around, you're just going to fail. Uh, but this, you know, we'll say how many, um, I don't know, how many Maisies do we want to give it? Or how many Locusts do we want to give this? I'm going to give it a solid zero. Um or 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5 because they didn't go down the route of the military thing. And I'm sure the effects were good. I just didn't couldn't care to be couldn't be bothered to notice. Um you know, Thomas, you mentioned the length, and I bemoan the fact that movies are becoming far too long. And that that sounds rich, sickies. You just heard me say I loved Oppenheimer and that's three hours. Yeah, but there's a difference. That was a good movie. <laughs> Okay, there are movies out there that do need that length of time. There's an extended End- version of this. Oh, I'll bet you there is. At Endgame, Endgame was long for a reason. It was wrapping up a 20-movie arc. We give it a break. Um, Lord of the Rings movies were long. I mean, there are certain movies that are okay to be long. Okay? Titanic. But... 
the fact that we've decided that all of them have to be this long is that's terrible and especially when you consider that there is just not enough i'm i'm just going to quote spinal tap i don't think i could be sedative enough to like this movie uh, it, see that's the thing i i i'm going to go next i want in some ways i want to kind of maybe like it because you know yay dinosaurs but i don't that's the problem i just don't like it because nothing here catches my attention at all it's just eh okay there's something uh stupid i don't like this i don't like that oh I wish there was something here. I do. Because it seems like it might be fun. But it's not. Because there's nothing here. And and for that reason, it just sucks. I, I, I have to give this a... If it wasn't so long, I might not hate it as much. But being it's extremely long, I have to give it a one. One locust. Dear Hollywood, everything doesn't have to be a trilogy. Sometimes you have one story to tell, and you should tell one story. Maybe you have two. You don't always have three. And you didn't have three stories to tell here. I don't know how you didn't learn from the first run of this franchise that you definitely didn't have a third movie. Site B, The Lost World, was a great way to try to capitalize on some success and do this one more time. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was the same thing. You retold the same two stories, basically, with the same premise, and you decided that the mistakes made by the first franchise, you would fix them. And you would come up with a third story. Except you found out there's just so many stories you can tell about cloned dinosaurs. Especially when you don't even have a mastery of 101 philosophy or 101 sociology or ninth grade biology as your science background to tell your story. You violated just about every rule of writing. You brought back characters that had no more stories to tell. You brought back an IP that doesn't have any more stories to tell. Told all its stories 20 years ago. And yet, you did it anyway. You made money. So I guess you can feel happy about yourselves. This was not an entertaining film. This is not Shut Your Brain Off. This is Jurassic Park stripped of any of its drama, its action, its, its ramping and um, holding you on the edge of your seat. This is simply a tired film. Watching characters that we have nothing else to learn about and no other stories that we really want to see them tell because they were never that fleshed out to begin with. And it sucks. Quintilis Varus, give me back my legions. Give me back the three hours of my life that I lost watching this film. I will never watch it again. Had I never seen this film, I think life would be better. 
because I would have done something, anything else, even if it meant watching my grass grow. <laughs> this movie sucks. It gets a zero. And Colin Trevorrow, may God have mercy on your soul. Well, sickies, that's almost a uh, universal uh, hatred of this movie. That doesn't always happen. But with our staunchest warning to avoid this movie, one thing I can definitely tell you not to avoid is Zodiac Task Force. This month, we came out with our recent episode, Send Under the Yoke Part 2. And also a lost transmission called We Are Heroes. Definitely some of our finest work as we are bringing the first season of Zodiac Task Force to a close. And boy, is it going to end on a high note. I can say that now. Uh, also, be looking out soon for The Janitor, brought to you, by, uh, produced by Raven Lunatic Media and written by, created by Steve Lloyd. Uh our producer is doing great things with that. Our editor, rather, is doing some great things with that. Great writing. If you are a fan of mysteries or urban legends or horror stories, this is definitely going to be the show for you. Go to our YouTube channel. Check out some of the... Listen to the teaser right now, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Speaking of YouTube, you can also check out Ruck's Brief Cases, which are casatoriums or casatorium files from previous episodes of the casatorium which you can go check out right now if you haven't done that and be on the lookout for new and upcoming episodes all of these things are definitely worth your while on spotify you can also check out and communicate with us on and find out about the shows on our discord page raving lunatic media you can go to our youtube channel raving lunatic media there's two of them so check the one that doesn't have the reviews of video games and you can also leave a mess uh leave a message or review for us at www Rundle Fly and Squirrel Girls <laughs> achieve these adventures. No, ravinglunaticmedia.com, ravinglunaticmedia.com, ravinglunaticmedia.com. Rage Master, what's left for them to do? Stay sick, sickies. Uh, I think it's called Rule 34, but you know. Raving Lunatic. Ha ha ha.